Is Deion Sanders the most hated on coach in college football? We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Bus. I'm your host, Kevin Borba, and joining me to get today again is John Garcia Jr. John, welcome back. I'm happy to have you. Today sure. we're talking, is Coach Prime the most criticized coach in football? We're going to be talking about a buff who earned their number, the first on the team and first and only as of right now. And then we're going to talk about a major recruit, including Colorado, in his top six, despite having like 100,000 offers from programs all over the country. Um, so before we dive in, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Bus your first listen of the day. Make sure to check us out, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. John, let's dive right in. So let me give you some context to why I'm discussing whether Coach Prime is the most criticized coach in football. I think every time we discuss anything past year two with Coach Prime, um, people either say he's going to be fired by then um, because they think he's going to fail as a coach or they think he's going to succeed, um, which is a good thing for the Buffs. Um but the second part's a bad thing. They think he's going to succeed and leave immediately for the next available job. Um, so I was just wondering, why do you think that is? Um, I think he's heavily scrutinized for everything he says um, in terms of his philosophies, the way he kind of built his roster and just his all around outspokenness. Um, so John kind of give us an insight on why that is. Well, like you said, he, he creates a bit of a polarization and I think it's easy to latch on to any one of those preconceived notions and kind of run with it. Um, obviously, he was at Jackson State for three years and it springboarded him into the power five. So on one end, there's a thought that Colorado will be the next springboard, but he's got to settle in first. I mean, th this is something that is still so new that I think that part of the conversation it's all TBD. Uh, I think just like any professional navigating through any climate, you're you're digging into your current job and, and then you kind of take things as they come. Uh, it doesn't mean you're going to jump at the first chance to leave uh, or, you know, you're, you're waiting on one gig or whatever it is. You know, we don't know. And I, I believe that changes for a lot of coaches, probably year to year, if not uh, less frequent uh, in terms of just when you're available to maybe make uh, another move. But I, I think on the other side of the polarization, look, Prime wants to prove people wrong. You know, all of this access, all of this, th these windows into what's going on in Boulder, basically hour by hour, if not day by day, it invites, you know, more detractors, more haters, as you said. Um, so I think on the other side of it, it creates that desire to make it work there at Colorado, which is why the second criticism really doesn't make sense to me. He'll be he'll be in and out in two years, whether it's because he's so successful or because it's so bad. Let's look at the investment that Colorado has made on Prime. I think we, we're all viewing this from Prime's perspective as, as the commodity, but he's viewing Colorado as the commodity. And uh, this program, university, administration, the city, everyone has invested in him, you know, vice versa. So I, I do think that there's some desire to not only prove people wrong on the outside looking in but some desire to satisfy that investment that massive investment that everybody in and around the program has put 
on Sanders, and not to mention these coaches, right? I, I do think we we casually talk about the coaching carousel and say, yeah, this guy's going to bold and go here and go there and all that stuff. But when you bring in this type of coaching staff with head coaching pedigree, with a lot of power five pedigree, it creates a little bit more of a stable situation on the front end because you're, you're not going to ask those guys to move across the country, in most cases, west to Boulder to then in 18 months say, hey, sorry, we're, we're, we're taking another gig. Good luck with your next step. Because you know those conversations came up when you're bringing in a Sean Lewis or a Charles Kelly or a Tim Brewster or whoever it is. You knew those conversations absolutely came up. And, and that's part of the reason why these coaches have also bought into prime just as much as recruits and fans and, and, and the administration uh, all together. So I, I do think that it's just early for all of those conversations. I don't think any coach has such a narrow plan uh, to jump forward and, and move forward into something like that relative to another gig. And let's also be honest, if, if it doesn't quite work out in the next two years, I don't think he's going to have a short hook from the Colorado perspective. I think the buzz is buying him extra time, if anything, to make things right in Boulder. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the thing that we kind of gloss over is the fact that Coach Prime had other offers and he picked Colorado. Um, that's for one. Two, I think I think people forget about the human element of coaching. Um, sometimes coaches just like where they're at. And it appears based on the first few, I guess he's been there for four or five months now, um, since like December-ish, that he really likes to be in Colorado. Um, he's kind of made himself a part of the community. Um, I feel like every every other day he's like tweeting like a general question, like, hey, where can I buy the best ATVs in Colorado? Where can I buy the, get the best food? And so I feel like he's really embraced uh, Boulder. And I think that while I don't know if he ever imagined um, in his head when he was younger, an, a younger coach, I guess you could say, even though he's only been doing it for three years, that Boulder would be his final destination because he loved it so much. I do think that's a realistic possibility for him. Um, I think in a conference like the Pac-12, who assuming they don't implode uh, and they could get some sort of a semblance of a deal in, they're gonna have. There's not going to be outside of Oregon and Washington. There's going to be a constant opening for a winning team. Um, you're in a Power Five. Um, I also think people forget that in college sports, the biggest programs are not in like the Los Angeles market outside of USC or I guess Austin, Texas. But outside of that, a lot of the biggest programs are not in like these huge major markets. It's not like the NBA where it's like, I want to play in N in LA or I want to play in New York or I want to coach in LA and New York. It's and like he's the, done all that. Yeah. And the big, he's the biggest it. program is in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, like Tuscaloosa <laughs> before outside of football. I don't think there's, I don't think there's much attraction to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. No offense to the, Tuscaloosans out there but I'm just saying like I think people are trying to factor in so many things that we can't even fathom yet because we haven't seen them coach a game and two I think people are trying to make something where it's not like I really think people just want to and Colorado is like has been the epitome of this is they don't like a program like Colorado getting this attention and so they instantly have to find ways to be like it's gonna it's gonna disappear in seconds so don't don't get too excited and I think people just don't like the the new blood of Colorado that's a great point. I think that's probably the best point we've made today because, yeah, it creates the buzz creates natural detractors. Uh, so imagine being any other program in that conference that was better than Colorado last year and years prior saying, hey, you know, they're getting all the buzz, all the momentum uh, without maybe having earned it 
on the field. Of course, that's out of everyone's control because of this thing called time and the calendar. Um, but yeah, I understand that it creates a little bit of jealousy. You know, that is absolutely a part of this conversation. And say one thing about, you know, college football coaches, they get very jealous. I mean, it's just something that comes up so much, you know, whether you look at the top all the way on down, you know, when, when Texas A&M had the number one recruiting class, it was Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin kind of taking shots at Jimbo Fisher there. But this year, this past year, Alabama had the number one class. Guess what? You know, Saban was kind of quiet about it thereafter. So there's always sort of this desire to capture some of the momentum and the methods to which Prime has done it is obviously more unconventional and more modern compared to the Sabans and the Fishers and the Kirby Smarts that have the rings on their fingers. So I, I do think that is a huge part of the conversation. Yeah, I think one final point before we move on to our, our next topic is I think Coach Prime just embraced the modern college football quicker than most coaches have or would. Um, it reminds me of to cross over back to basketball when Coach Cal at Kentucky started embracing the one and dones and then Duke started embracing the one and dones. It's like we want these top guys and we just we know we're going to get them for half the calendar year and then they're gone. Um, and so I think Coach Prime has embraced the equivalent of college football's one and done and the transfer portal and yeah. just doing what you got to do in the NIL situations to kind of bring in these bigger, bigger names. Um, guys, the NBA playoffs are almost here. They're a couple weeks away and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, we obviously just discussed why Coach Prime is one of the most criticized coaches criticized coaches in football, I guess you could say, in all of football. Um, one of the reasons he was most recently criticized was his stance on jersey numbers. Um, usually in the modern college football, a player is recruited. Um, they kind of imply to a coach hey i want number three we'll say for example um they get on the campus obviously if there's not a better or more veteran player with number three number three is all theirs and <laughs> that's it's as simple as that they'll be sporting number three in spring practice the next month or so when they get on and enroll early however coach prime and matt rule at nebraska as we recently learned have a policy where no one has a number in practice and everybody must earn their number and so while as media members, it's hard to watch practice and kind of determine who is who based off of just their name being written on their helmet on a piece of tape. Uh, it does give everybody a sense of responsibility and a sense of motivation. And so nobody had earned their number yet. And Coach Prime had made it known that single digits were for the guys. So not everyone gets to don the single digit, unfortunately. Um, so if you're a walk-on type guy who's not going to play, you will not be wearing number one. Um, he made it very clear that he wants his best players wearing the numbers that they want to wear. And nobody will be wearing number zero, which I thought was interesting because um, we just talked about him being so modern, but he hates the number zero. Um, but Colorado has had their first person earn their number, and it was none other, none other than Mr. Jimmy Horn Jr., um, the USF transfer. John, can you explain um because obviously we have talked about him multiple times being a standout being a guy who's emerged can you talk about a little a little why he's probably the first one to earn his number <laughs> i think jimmy's done obviously a great job of what we have expected right 
the willingness to go out there and, and play all over the place, multiple wide receiver positions, of course, factoring into the return game in the punt, punt and kick department as well. But I, I look at this quote from, from Nick Williams, who's one of the defensive assistants there at CU, and all he talked about was Jimmy's effort. So I think that that's both ends of the spectrum right there, right? We knew he's got this freaky athletic pedigree, maybe the fastest player on the roster, probably the quickest, if not the fastest. Um, and all of this talent polish as a route runner, as a wide receiver, as a return man. But when it starts to combine with effort in setting examples, setting the pace in practice as everyone is trying to make their name and in this case, their number, I think when all of that combines, you start to, to, to see a leader emerging. So there is where it's not a surprise once you learn that the effort and the hard work has matched the natural talent and the polished talent then you start to, to become less surprised that Horn was first up uh, in the number department. Uh, and coming from a defensive coach, obviously, it hits a little bit harder, right? Because you're going against Jimmy every single day. And I think that's where you start to, to really feel the, the praise uh, and, again, some, some potential leadership qualities that are clearly emerging from Horn. So he was sort of the early camp standout athletically, and now the coaches, the decision makers, are letting us know that it's not just – the natural God-given gifts, it's the effort. It's what's in between his ears that is now accelerating a lot of that process. So once something like that comes together, you understand why he is quite literally, in this case, example one, in terms of what this coaching staff is is looking for. So quite fitting, uh, a guy who came in with a lot of expectations, which is kind of a theme here at Colorado uh, these days, but who has also lived up to it very early in that process uh, it, from, from basically all angles, as far as we can tell. So I think that's a great way to start for Colorado. And, and like you said earlier, KB, it's a motivational point. You know, goal setting is such a big part of just growing up, right? I mean, some, some people view it short-sighted, like, hey, I got bills to pay, so I got to make this much money so I can pay these bills. But I think when you expand on some of those things, you know, getting tasks done, being goal-oriented are, are usually – very positive uh, moments in your life and habits to to go forward with. So even if it seems silly to some of our audience with, with this whole numbers thing, you're seeing it being celebrated immediately when the first one comes off the board. So imagine as two, three, four, five, go all the way up to 100 on this roster as they get over that same hump how much that can matter because you're creating that. And that's a part of culture development and trying to build something that again is, is really against the grain here. There's, there's not a lot of expectation right now, uh, even with this more talented roster than we've seen over the last few years. So any element towards cultural development is something you've got to really, you know, stand hard on. And obviously this coaching staff and now the players have bought into that, at least in this example. Yeah, I think like some programs, they earn their like Ohio State earns their red stripe. They all have black stripes. Or, yeah. um, some programs earn their helmet sticker, whatever it may be. But I think a jersey number is a little more personal. Um, a lot of these guys uh, we saw when Jimmy Horn got his number, they immediately posted a video of why it meant so much to him. And so I think for a lot of these guys, every number, ha their number that they choose to wear has a meaning to them. And I also think and this is probably the more um pessimistic look away looking at it i guess um jimmy horn has a chance to kind of cement himself as the team's leader at receiver right now um because xavier work uh weaver excuse me 
his running mate from USF, who was one of USF's all-time leading receivers, is coming eventually. Um, there's a possibility that Shane Hooks from Jackson State, who was Shadur Sanders' favorite target at Jackson State, um, will also be in the fray if he commits to Colorado. And so I think not only is it showing his effort level, um, his determination and all that, but it's showing that he knows that, and we've talked about it multiple times, in the Sean Lewis offense, there's room for three or four pass catchers to be the guys. Um, if you're not in that main three or four, you kind of fall out of the heavy rotation. And so I think, um, in a way, this is Jimmy Horn proving that he's one of the best receivers on the roster. And regardless of who's there, when they get there, that he wants to be one of the guys, because we've talked about it multiple times. It's Jimmy Horn. Travis Hunter has been getting a lot of praise at wide receiver, um, during spring already. And so that's kind of already a, a pseudo spot taken. So then you got to say do Traore. That's another spot. That's three. And we kind of limit it to four um, in the Sean Lewis offense, just based off of trends. And so everybody's fighting for that one or two final spots. And so it's getting really intense. And I think while you don't win position battles in spring, you could certainly position yourself to be ahead in the fall. And I like that you brought up the personalized um, angle with the numbers because Jimmy Horn has been rocking five since, since high school, right? So Five in high school, five at, at USF. When he was in the portal taking all the visits, he was wearing number five and all of the, you know, jersey shoots with Texas A&M and Houston and, and obviously at Colorado there uh, as well. So it means something to him. It's even, you know, in, in his Twitter bio or Twitter profile or handle, his Twitter is Too Swift J5. You know, J5 is like his nickname. So you talk about personal. This is something that it's not quite uh, Deion Sanders and number two. But it is something that is that Jimmy has attached to himself for several years now. So you, you understand why, again, this is kind of the perfect player to lift up in this example because it clearly meant a lot to him from the beginning of the process. And, and now, obviously, Colorado can celebrate it and, and motivate the rest of the guys at the same time. Yeah, and I will say I'm surprised that I if I had if I was a betting man, and I had to place money on who would earn their jersey number first. My money would have gone to possibly the quarterback or possibly that two-way player that we frequently mention, um, Travis Hunter. <laughs> I would have guessed Hunter. I think Shador is going to have his own kind of father-son bubble where things are slower, at least publicly, with him, again, mm. to use as a bit of an example, because I think that would be the low-hanging fruit if if it was Sanders and then, you know, it, it brings a whole nother layer of, of criticism in That's that true. regard. So I think he'll slow play some Shador stuff, at least on the front end. That's true. That's a good point. Um, guys, thank you for making Locked on Bus your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Experts Isaac Schott and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. The season may be done, but the transfer portal never sleeps. There are thousands of players in the portal in basketball, so go check them out. Um, they have a lot to talk about. Uh, we have a lot to talk about here recruiting-wise just because – Colorado has been named as one of the top six schools for Kylan Fox, who is a four-star tight end slash edge rusher who projects as a tight end for most programs, has nearly 60 offers, probably over 60 offers by now, and he's narrowed it down to six. Um, he's one of the most recruited players in the country. Not even some of the five stars have as many offers as he does. He's just all around great athlete. And John, you kind of broke down his game and why um, he makes sense for Colorado. So take it away. Yeah, Kylan Fox, uh, one of the January visitors out to Boulder, ha has really been busy on the visit trail. And it turned out the last five or six schools that he visited 
ended up being the top six school. So Kylan was a little bit of step, one step ahead uh, of the recruiting industry here. And, and yeah, he chopped that list to six schools. Uh, Colorado joined by a bunch of schools closer to home for, for Kylan. He's a kid out of Grayson High School in Loganville, Georgia, north of Atlanta. Big time powerhouse program in the state of Georgia. And I would say well beyond. And a lot of the schools are in that sort of SEC, ACC footprint. Yeah, you've got Georgia Tech. Ole Miss, Miami, UCF, Florida State, among those schools in the mix. Uh, and then there's Colorado. So again, I, I do think this is another example of just how much contention this program and prime and the buzz is really going to create. Because without the buzz, a kid with 60 offers isn't going to go out and see Colorado. He's got plenty on his plate, but yet and still got out there in January, loved it. And, and Kylan, you know, told me himself, hey, it's about prime. It's about that type of, of ceiling and the momentum there, the eyeballs that will be on me, Kylan, in this case, if I do select a school like Colorado. So, of course, as you mentioned, Kevin, 6'4", 220, tight end, defensive end, plays both ways for a big-time program in the state of Georgia. So, naturally, this is a hot, hotly contested recruitment, and he's well-traveled, as we mentioned. So, I think the next step – for Colorado here is to grab another visit, uh, probably an official at this point. He set three all in the state of Florida to those those three finalists in the state. Again, Miami, UCF and, and FSU among those three. So that means he's got two official visits left. I think Colorado has to try to campaign to grab one of those official visits, because while he's been busy lately with these unofficials, uh, he's frequented some of these campuses before, particularly Georgia Tech, uh, which is closest to home. So Colorado's going to have to continue to make a physical impression on Fox. But from the head coaching perspective, this is the most unique offer uh, among these these final six options that that Fox has. Uh, and and look, let's not over or undersell. Tim Brewster and Sean Lewis and their potential impact on this, because if Fox is going to play tight end in Boulder, like most schools think, think he'll play at the next level, you know, that's the group that has to sort of solidify things in addition to coach prime as the, the guy who maybe got him interested and the guy who'll have to close at the end of the cycle in between Lewis, the OC Brewster, the tight ends coach really have to do their part as well. And both of them are very well versed in Fox and a lot of prospects in that Southern footprint as well. So I think this is more of a puncher's chance uh, more than a puncher's chance for Colorado in this recruitment uh, and, and Fox can go. He's a, a true modern player uh, both ways, uh, a freaky edge prospect with a great first step and some physicality. And then as a tight end, he's really more of a jumbo receiver on Friday nights. He's a guy who splits out considerably uh, athletic enough to where they just throw him bubble screens, but they also throw him the ball down the field as a split out wide receiver one type of prospect. Again, at 6'4", 220 pounds. So Kylan Fox is incredibly intriguing. Uh, I think his ceiling is sky high, especially when he focuses on one side of the ball, something he's really never been able to do, uh, which we assume he'll do there at the next level. So most schools are thinking tight end, obviously some heavy hitters there. Florida state has turned things around. Old miss offensively is, is going to have a lot of pass catchers attention. As long as Lane Kiffin is there, uh, Miami just went air raid with their new offensive coordinator hire. Georgia tech is opening things up a little bit more with uh, Brent key and Chris Winkie. So this is, this is going to be a, a pretty hotly contested recruitment to pull him out of his native sec, ACC country. But there's no doubt that Colorado absolutely has that chance and, and if you're a Buffs fan keep an eye on his official visits can you grab one of those final two spots 
before a final decision comes in. And, and if so, uh, it's game on. And you certainly won't bet against Prime uh, in the 11th hour for, for any recruit at this point. Yeah, definitely don't want to bet against Coach Prime in the in the 11th or even 12th hour, really, um, because until it's 12 p.m. or whatever the time is, Coach Prime has time. Um, I, I think the funniest thing before we go about not even Kylan Fox, but like all these top recruits, they'll be a Florida native with a top five of Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Florida State. And then there's like Colorado, just like <laughs> Colorado, like geographically is basically have has been the lone like West team for a lot of these Southern recruits. And I think that just is a testament to how attractive playing for coach prime is. And so I think he just needs to kind of continue to be present and then continue to kind of push because you're not going to get all of them. Um, if you could get all of them recruiting, it would be too easy and Colorado would be a national power by next year. Um, but yeah. you have to account for the fact that these guys are going to like, maybe Colin Fox wants to play closer to home or something like that. So we don't know. I'm just speculating for in general. Um, but some guys, they want to play closer to home. Some don't care. Some want to venture out and be on their own. But just being in the mix is a good thing. And so Colorado continues to be in the mix for Aaron Butler, um, Kylan Fox, all these guys. And so I think it's a, a sign of things to come. And I think Colorado will continue to be in the mix for a lot more top recruits. Um, guys, thank you for making Locked on Bus your first listen of the day. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for getting us to a thousand subscribers. We appreciate you. Um, yes. Make sure to follow us on Spotify or listen on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast. Share this podcast. Share this YouTube. We appreciate you guys. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Cheers.